0: This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer, not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. I'm very enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your holy word. We thank you for these, your precious people, Lord. They are precious in your sight. Give them understanding. Give them a heart to hold what's being sown today, Lord. Let not the enemy come and steal what you're sown into good ground this morning, Father. But not let it just be sown, Lord, but let it grow and produce good fruit, much fruit, and let the fruit remain because we are believers in the word, and we are not just hearers of the word. And Lord, we will begin and continue to do what the word says we can and will do. We love you and honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24 of my Bible, which I read, I use the Believer's Study Bible because I'm a believer. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. Then his fame, then his fame went out throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics. And he healed them. You may be seated. Look at someone and say, Miracles must manifest. I look at them and tell them like they don't believe, but you do. I say, look at them and tell them because they don't believe and because you do, say it like you believe. it. Miracles must manifest. Now, we know that Jesus was the master teacher, the son of God sent down to heaven, sent down from heaven to earth to display God to the world, to make God known to the world. When he came preaching the gospel, the Bible says, we just read, he came teaching and preaching and healing. So we got the teaching down pretty good. We got the preaching down pretty good, but we are lacking in the healing part. So we don't do all of what Jesus did because we are missing a part of what he did. That part is part of his promise to mankind, to especially his believers. We're supposed to see and participate with God in the miracle-working God that he is in us. We're not supposed to just talk a talk. We're supposed to walk or walk and see the walk and talk manifest as we go. He said, those that believe, signs and wonders shall follow those that believe. It should be things that Jesus did following you because if you're following Jesus, he's still supposed to be doing what he did even now through you. We have to stop pretending and start acting on what God has said God can heal God does heal and God will heal not once did he said it's not my will to heal he said it is my will I will heal thee in Exodus it tells us that God when he first brought his children out Exodus 15 26 it speaks of God he said I'm the Lord that healeth thee miracles signs and wonders healing is our inheritance it belongs to us now if you have a benefit through the government, you're going to do what you have to do to go and obtain that benefit. you will going to just sit there and expect it to come. you go and do the things that need to be done to acquire what you're after. But as a Christian, we expect things, but we don't want to do a thing to acquire what we're after. I'm here to tell you that you, God has challenged you to be a Christian and do the things that a Christian is supposed to do that you might obtain what a Christian is supposed to have. Amen. And I, Do I have any believers in the house Amen. today? Let me go back and get some history because I got some people that study the Bible. In the book of Numbers, chapter 32, verses 1 through 33, you can turn there, but you can remember as I tell you. It talks about the children of Gad, the children of Reuben. They come to talk to Moses and tell Moses and Elijah and the priests and some of the leaders that we want to stay here on this side of Jordan. Jair and Gilead It's where they were. They went into battle, and they took this land. And they saw, Reuben and Gadonite saw, that this land was for livestock. It was rich and and beautiful for livestock. Now, this is not Canaan, the promised land that God had told them that he would take them in. But they saw something good along the way, and they want to sit there. So in this conversation that they are having with Moses, trying to convince Moses to let them stay, Moses gets upset with them. Moses said to them, you are acting like your father because their fathers, Gad and Reuben, was the people that Moses sent out to spy out the land of Canaan and came back with an evil report and caused the children of Israel to be discouraged and not go into the promised land. And God's anger was against them and they wondered, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G, wondered, wondering for 40 years because they angered the Lord. Why am I telling you this? You are in the promised land, you are in the promises of God, but you're wondering about because you don't believe and you don't have a good report Isaiah asks, whose report shall you believe? Are you going to believe the report of the Lord? You're going to believe the doctor, the lawyer, the cop? You're going to believe what you're going to believe. Your challenge is to believe God in spite of what's going on around you. I said miracles must manifest. Don't believe that they don't exist. Don't believe that they won't happen. They must manifest because you are in the promises of God. The promises of God works. Yeah. The workers of a God don't, but the promises of God work. Jesus said the labors are few. The harvest is plenty. There's plenty of work to be done, but the workers are not working, so the manifestations of God's pr- promises are not happening. So now the naysayers say that your God can't do nothing because you ain't doing nothing, and God ain't doing nothing because you, he can't use you. So now as they continued the dialogue with Moses, Moses told them, you are acting like your forefathers and we call and you caused israel to go through problems because you didn't believe what god had showed you you saw that saw yourself and got scared i said you saw the problem and saw yourself and got scared so you stopped believing and you wanted to wander around instead of following god there are two wonderings that i like to tell you about wondering w-a-n-d-r-d-e-r-i-n-g and w-o-n-d-e-r-i-n-g are two different wonderings they sound the same but they're totally different wondering with the O, it's in your mind, moving but not going nowhere, searching out to see what you can come up with. Wondering in the flesh, W.A. is moving about not aimlessly, not knowing where you're going. Now, God has given them direction, the know what Canaan was, but it took 40 years, 40 years to go nowhere. Yeah. How long have you been in the church and going nowhere? Oh, <laughs> How long have you been doing this and going nowhere? You got to stop wondering, W.A., and start wondering, about signs and wonders that should be following you so you have a job to do and god wants to do a job to you and through you but you got to stop wondering w a and start wondering about the amazement wondering is amazement fulfillment excitement oh with the o about god and stop wondering around away from god start following god and stop running from god start running to god and stop running out from your problems amen so now we're still in Numbers chapter 32, and so Moses chastised them for wanting to do like their fathers. Because when he sent them in, he cut those off. He said, all those 20 years and older up are going to be, you're going to stay wandering until they die off. But in that group, it also was Jake, uh, uh, Caleb and Joshua. Those two didn't W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G. They wondered about the amazement of God. So they came back with a good report saying we can go in. So now I'm in Joshua chapter 1. And Joshua was having the same conversation with these same children, Gad, Reuben, and now the half-tribe of Manasseh. I'm in Joshua chapter 1. Talking about them going now into the promised land. You know Joshua was the one that took them into the promised land. Moses had died. The Bible says, my servant Moses is dead. Now, Joshua, you stand and you be courageous. This is why I had you to stand. You stand and be courageous and be of good courage because I am with you. And we say this all the time. He said, and I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, that's not the first time that's recorded in the Bible because God told uh, Jacob, I will not leave you and forsake you either. And God's telling us, I will not leave and forsake you either. But just stand and be of good courage. No matter what obstacles come your way, you have to still stand on the word and be of good courage knowing that God is with you. With you. So with you means I'm available to you because I'm there. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, yeah. With you means I'm available to you because I'm there. Now, if you're with God and God is with you, no matter what comes against you, God is there to protect you through whatever you must go through to get to the promise that he has provided to you. Uh-huh. Your promises don't come easy. Right. This is why Mo, uh, Joshua is having this conversation with the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half of tribes of Manasseh in Joshua chapter 1, because they had said before, they wanted, Moses said to them, y'all want to sit here in your possessions, in your promised land, on this side of the Jordan, and let your brothers go over and fight. So what God wants you to see there is when you see one of your brethren in a fight, you shouldn't just sit there. You should participate in the fight. Fight the good fight of faith, and then you should help them win that fight that they're in. We can't sit there idly and do nothing when we see our brothers are in a fight. You know, they have this thing in the Marine Corps thing, leave none behind. You don't leave nobody back. I think they said it in the school, you don't leave nobody behind. Christians leave other Christians behind all the time. I don't understand that. You're not running just to be running, you're running a race and everybody's in the same race. So if someone falls, you slow down and help them get up, but you keep running. You don't run off and leave them. You don't run off and leave them. We're in this battle together. We are stronger together than we are divided. So now part wanted to stay back and part wanted to go forward. So Joshua tells them and reminds them that they agreed in the conversation with Moses in number 32 that they would go over and fight when the children had to go over. Only they wanted to land in Jazir and Gilead because it was a place for livestock and they had livestock. So they saw something that they could use, and they want to stay there. So God didn't have a problem with them staying there as long as they were willing to fight with their brothers when they needed to go and fight. Right. So he said, God will be with you here if you do what you said." So now, if you make a comment to God, God will be with you if you do what you said. Ah, uh, see. Bible says don't make a vow. If you're not able to keep your vow, it's better that you don't make a vow than to break it. Because God honored his word. He expects for you to honor your word as well. And you tell God something, God has heard it, and he expects you to do your part, that he does his. Yeah. If you want something from him, he wants you in return. Amen. I said if you want something from him, he wants you in return. You don't have nothing else that's worth having but you uh-huh. in his sight. Yeah. He died for you, not for what you can do. Amen. So if you want something from him, you have to give him you. What is giving him you? Holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Moses had a problem with them in number 32 because they didn't wholly, completely, fully follow the Lord. They needed him when they wanted him. They wanted him when they needed him. But when he needed or wanted them, they were nowhere to be found. So God expects for us to wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, follow him. That means with your whole heart, be all the way in or you're either all the way out. There's lukewarm, there's hot or cold. He prefers you to be one or the other than in the middle amen so we must learn to completely give in or we've been completely thrown out amen, amen. we must learn to completely give in or we've been completely thrown out i'm hearing myself because i've been preaching this to myself for quite some time so i can say anything i said once i can say it again because i'm not just making this up it's in me now and when i come here i have to get rid of it because i can't sleep at night for two weeks uh pastor said two weeks ago two sundays ago he called me before I got home from church. I said, oh, here we go now. What I done did now. He said, uh, he said I got to get a hold to you because it's football season. I know what you're going to be doing. Yeah. I said, okay. I said, well, Pastor, I can't be there next Sunday, which was last Sunday. <laughs> FSU and LSU, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't be there last Sunday because I was in Orlando, but I said I could be here this Sunday because... I knew they were going to beat up on Southern Miss easy, so I didn't have to go over there and watch that. I could just tune in and catch the highlights and see how much of a beatdown it was. That's my uh, disclaimer. So anyway, now, when he called me and asked me would I be willing, I told him when I first joined Striving, I don't come to Striving unless I'm ready to preach. If I don't come, I must not have been ready to preach. If I'm here, I'm ready to go for it. Because God always has something to say whether or not he has someone that's going to do what he's saying. And what he wants us to be is a vessel of listening and flowing. Not a vessel of just hearing, always learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth and sharing the truth that you know that God can produce what he said. We got enough information, teaching and preaching, has been good, but we don't have enough demonstration what God is lacking. And we're showing God to be weak because we don't believe the whole Bible. We believe the parts that's convenient, and we don't do what's hard. Oh, my God. It's not easy to go on a cross for you and I. Uh Jesus did the hard part. We have to do the hard part too. We got to put down the things that matter so much that are actually insignificant and put on what matters a lot to God and do those things that he can get glorified through our beings. The world now want to live in this uh, virtual reality world. If you say something, I should be able to see what I'm saying. <laughs> see what I'm saying? <laughs> you should be able to say something and it come to pass what you have said, not just the idly talking and producing nothing. So I come this morning to give you a few things because you're not going to get all things that i have to give you so i'll just give you a few things and whatever you get that's what you need to work with Amen. so now he came to show us revelation uh-huh. he did the proclamation oh, yeah. and he wants us to do participate in the demonstration yeah. he did the proclamation he came to proclaim the gospel that is the announcement of the reign of god in the earth right. that's what jesus came in in matthew chapter four he came to preach teach preach, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That gospel contains all that Jesus has done, all that Jesus is, and all that Jesus wants to do. The part of the gospel that's missing that all of Jesus wants to do, not what he has done, not what he's capable of doing, but what he now wants to do. That same gospel he preached back then that was walking about healing signs and wonders is the same gospel that lives inside of you and I today. It's supposed to produce the same results as it did then. He didn't do sick healing just for then. Healing is forever. Deliverance is forever. When he stretched out, he said it is finished. Everything that he has done is in the earth. He brought the authority of heaven back to earth because the first Adam lost it. Jesus reestablished it. Now we need to walk in dominion and authority. Amen. That dominion and authority gave us the authority to say what should be when it's not, that it has to line up and become what we say. Y'all listen to me. first turn, sorry, Matthew chapter 13, Matthew 13, 54 and 58, Matthew 13, verses 54, 58. Are you there? Say, go ahead. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogues so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not this his mother called Mary, his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters? Are they not all here with us? Where where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own house. So he did not do many mighty works there because of their what? So now, the greatest sin that's presently working in the believers is unbelief. I said the greatest sin that is now at work in the believer is unbelief. Everything comes to challenge what God has said whether or not you believe it or not is your battle is your battlefield. I said everything that comes to you to challenge what you believe or not is given to you. And said it, that's your battlefield. You have you have to fight to believe when unbelief is raging in your being. Let me help somebody understand when you got a disease that's been there a long time, it's come to cripple your belief in God can heal you. It comes to challenge whether you're going to stand on the report of the Lord or stand on the doctor's report or stand on the feelings that you are now feeling. You have to believe in spite of what you see. You have to persevere in whatever's going on. When the children of, of, of Israel went into Canaan, they didn't physically have to fight. They had had battles before that, but when they went to the promised land, all they had to do was just do what God said and walk around Jericho, and that problem would come down. Y'all don't see that. See, we think too much we got to do something to get something when we don't submit to what something has been said. When you do what God has said, God has something to work with and he performs what he said. But when you're trying to do something while he's talking, you don't hear, so you don't do what he said and nothing happens. Then it makes you look weak and God look weak because no results are coming, coming forth. God wants to manifest himself. Jesus came to reveal that God was with man. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, now we are no longer just with you. We shall be in you and round about you. I send the comforter because I have to go back to my father. And I will not leave you comfortless. I will send my comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he shall be with you and he shall teach you and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. So you have the word working in you. You need to put the word to work so God can work through you to accomplish what he has said. Jesus is not somewhere doing nothing. He's interceding that we wake up and catch hold of the spirit that's in us that he sent back to teach us to help us do what he has sent us to be doing. Uh, We need to put the doctors out of business. We need to put the jailers out of business. We need to put a lot of things that's making a lot of money out of business because we're not doing our part and they're getting rich on our people. I know... We have physicians and nurses, and I'm not saying that that's not a good occupation. But you should have little, a few people, every time you see a Christian walk, you say, oh, I lost, I lost a paycheck today. Ahead, because this person going to get healed. Christians, and healed. all these Christians coming to the hospital? Shouldn't they be going to the church? Well, they ain't coming to us. Let's go to them. Right. Oh, y'all don't want to do that. Y'all don't want to go where the labor is. Y'all expect for the, the labor to come to you and you sit down and watch. Y'all want to sit down and let the promises go idle because you're not out there working promises. We got a job to do. We can't sit in here thinking it's going to get done. You need to go to work. You need to go to work. Look at somebody. Tell them go to work. No, y'all didn't tell them like y'all are a boss. Tell them to go to work. Yes. So he said... He, Jesus, couldn't do much because of their unbelief. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through 27. Mark chapter 1. See them there? Then they went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. He wasn't just talking. He was doing what he said, and what he said was being done. I said he was doing what was written about him, and what was written about him was being done. When God gives you a promise, the promise don't return void. It's been written, it's been said, he's waiting on you to grab it so it can be be done. We have promises that we need to have activated in our lives. So when you ask God for something, he gives you something to do. That doing that thing he says to do promotes that promise to come in the path. When you don't do that thing that he says for you to do, the promise waits on you to do your part before he does his. It's in the Bible that when one prayed, it took 21 days for the answer to come because the enemy was fighting the answer. But the answer was already on the way when the prayer was first made. You are just like any other biblical person that's written in the Bible. When you pray, God hear you just like he heard them once you get saved once you have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth you are now in right standing with god the blood of jesus christ has cleansed you of all unrighteousness, and you have the right and the petition to make access to anything god has for you or anybody around about you why that's not coming into fruition is you're not doing the little things god is telling you to be doing that make that happen Uh, it's easy to be disobedient i'm humble before the lord I'm obedient to the Lord, I'm mature in the Lord, I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. Why? Because if you do your part, be humble, become obedient, you will grow up in God, and you will be enthusiastic about what he sees in you, and you will be enthusiastic about what he's doing through you. You will see the manifestations of what he has said come to pass. Christians should be the most happiest people on the planet, but most of them look more miserable than everybody else. Oh, Jesus, I'm I'm here by myself today, Pastor. Pastor, I'm here by myself, Pastor. You going to help me, Pastor? You you need to learn to do what God expects of you when he tells you to do it. Don't be at your leisure and expect him to hurry up and answer. Don't be at your leisure and expect for him to hurry up and answer. You, you need to learn how to wait on God. Waiting is not sitting, being idle. Waiting is staying in a place of prayer no matter where you are. You get in a posture. You get in an atmosphere. You get in a mindset of staying in your knees in that prayer closet as if you're standing right before God no matter where you are or what you're doing. You set in an atmosphere for him to work in and you stay in that atmosphere until that work is done. I can go to work, be in the middle of all the chaos, but none of the chaos is in me. I'm telling you, I prayed for the job that I have, and it's been hell on earth most of the years I've been there, and it's been 22 years. And you can ask any of my coworkers and some are here today how terrible it's been, but they don't see me with a frown on my face ever. They don't hear me complaining ever. Because I prayed for the job, and that prayer was answered, and I'm benefiting, so why won't look miserable going to work? <laughs> <laughs> Miracles belong to you you have them as your benefit your inheritance when they went into Canaan they inherit a physical place but it opened a door for a spiritual place for us they fought physical, uh, physical battles to show us that God lets you win in the spirit before you physically get involved you can't fight the enemy you can't even see him But you can beat him by believing God because he can't defeat you or take nothing God has given you. A thief won't come and steal from you looking you face to face. He tries to sneak you when you're not paying attention. The Bible says watch and pray. Don't close your eyes and let the enemy steal from you. Keep your eyes open. Be alert. Be vigilant. Be mindful. Be careful. Be cautious. Not fearful, but be cautious. You can be aware of your surroundings and not even know really where you're at. Oh, Jesus. I say this to people a lot, uh, you know, if you get lost, most places have a sign that says you are here. Right. So you're really not lost, you're right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> right there. You may not know where you're going, but at least you're right here. Right. So recognize where you are and whose you are and go about being his wherever you go. That's so right. then you're not lost. You have been redeemed, so you're not lost. You're not wandering. W.A., aimlessly not knowing where you're going you have a focus a plan a path you have to stay focused to walk the plan and walk the path that God produced along your journey what he wants to accomplish in your life through your life and round about you every one of you should be a sign and a wonder to somebody the mere fact I'm standing right here it's a sign and wonder to my family (laughs) ah they never would have thought this would have happened y'all might be still wondering The W-A. Proclamation, revelation, and demonstration. Jesus proclaimed the gospel. Isaiah proclaimed that the Messiah would come And Isaiah. When the spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus in, in, in Luke chapter four, he was fulfilling what was written about him that Isaiah saw coming before it happened. I said, you can see the unseen if you're in the spirit and God can show you things before it gets to you, before it happens. Visions, signs, and wonders, and dreams are ours. We should be seeing things afar off, being prepared before it comes, whether we need to fight or be joyful. We can see the answer before we get it. If you pay attention, you will see things that are not visible. I said, if you pay attention, you will see things that's not visible. The Spirit can reveal things that no one else might know, but God can show you, and you can see it long before it happens. That's what got Joseph in trouble. He saw things before they would, and he couldn't explain it because they could not carnally understand a spiritual matter. So they got, became more enraged and more jealous because their brother could see things that was going to happen to him and them and shared it with them, and they didn't believe. Unbelief is a sin. It is in every one of us working at some point, place, and time. The challenge is to fight unbelief all the time and never let unbelief win any time. You can see when you start doubting before you really get all the way into doubt. Don't go into doubt that Jesus had to scorn you like he did the disciples when he came back. He scorned them for their unbelief. When Mary and the other had come back from the tomb and told them that we had seen the Savior, he has risen, they operated in unbelief. They had been following Jesus for three years, so if the time served don't mean you know what you're doing. Ah, oh, Jesus. Time with the Lord don't mean you're always falling after the Lord. It's many came for what they could get, but they weren't following Jesus. So as a believer, you got to believe and stay connected and don't let unbelief disconnect you for a moment, space, place, and time. Because at that moment, space, place, and time could be the very place your answer could have manifested, but you just cut it off by walking in unbelief when the answer was right there on the way. Wow. They were closer to Canaan than they realized, but they had to wonder because unbelief kept them from going in unbelief hinders the body of christ for producing what god gave jesus to give us to do we got to stop working in unbelief work in faith and fight the good fight of faith until we see the manifestation of what we are believing for what does that mean sometimes i know that we have lost loved ones in a battle in a war there are casualties i lost a son someone else has lost someone else so it's not that death don't occur and trouble don't happen we can get away from that thought It is the way it is. This journey is not easy, but the challenge is to fight beyond every obstacle to see the benefit on the other side. We can't give up hope. We can't give up being expecting. These uh, these premises must be in place all the time. You must always come to God expecting from God what God has for you. And if it's not for you, then He gives you something that you can give somebody else. Then the next time you come, it might be yours. But we can't stop coming, expecting something. Every time you open your Bible, you should expect something. Every time you pray, you should expect something. If you don't expect anything, you should be bothering God with your useless words. I tell, I tell people all the time, my time is precious to me. I will not allow you to waste it, idling me down with your idle ways. If you're going to interrupt me, you better be telling me something, showing me something, doing something that I want out of this, otherwise you're wasting my time. That's for y'all on that side. Let me go over here on this side. My time is precious to me. I don't have any to waste on you, wasting my time with your outer ways, telling me that I'm going to do something, you're not going to do your part to help us get it done. You're wasting my time. I'm going to walk away from you and leave you wasting your time. Now for you in the middle y'all stand up because y'all bad people stand up in the middle y'all in the middle stand up say I'm not a time waster I don't know about y'all I don't know about y'all but I came here they can't hear y'all I came here expecting something I'm gonna participate that God does what he wants. God does. Y'all can sit down. Amen. Joshua was a type of Christ. He came on the battlefield to show the warriors what fleshly battles are like, but also was had an opportunity to experience what a spiritual victory is like. Are y'all listening? Because Joshua was a bad boy. He drew a sword on an angel ready to go for it. And God had told him no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life if you be of good courage and believe in me. So he was physically able to overcome every obstacle. But he had not experienced the spiritual things that God was about to show him when they're all they have to do is just walk and, and make a noise. So if you learn to get your praise in place, and your person in place, God will produce in that place what he has promised for that place. We don't praise at the right time. We praise when it's convenient. When you're told to lift your hands and clap your feet and do your dance, we, to- we do praise when it's convenient. You got to praise when all hell is breaking out. You got to praise when it seems like th- you shouldn't be doing and singing and saying what you're doing and saying, saying and singing right now. You should be doing what the world's doing, complaining, murmuring, cussing, spitting, and upset. No, your praise is your weapon. And it defeats the enemy because it confuses him. How can you be dancing praising when I just did this or while I'm doing that? Because, see, he don't see what you see because he don't know who you know. The next thing is you need to learn how to stand on holy ground. The promised land was contaminated with the people in the land before God put his people in the promised land. The world is contaminated. (laughs) It's contaminated until you walk in there and put your holy foot on it And everywhere your foot should tread, you shall make that place holy. It transforms when you start walking on it. It changes with every step that you make. It makes the unholy place holy because a holy person just stepped foot on that ground. God changes things because of who he has made the change in you. So he changes things for you and through you wherever you go. Start claiming territory that belongs to you. They wanted to stay in Gilead and Jazir because they saw it was fruitful for them. God allowed it to be so because they said they would do what they needed to do when God called them to do it. So it's not where you are, whichever church you might belong to, whichever denomination you might affiliate yourself with, that is not as important as whose you are. And then whose you are is not as important as where you are, as you make where you are God's place. Your house should be holy because it got your name on the title deed or the lease or whatever however predicament you live there. Your car should be holy because you drive it. If you break down, you tell our car, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to crank up and start running. Amen, amen. If Elijah can tell it to not rain for three years, you can tell it so. I got a, I got a story for you. We was in Orlando uh, two weeks ago. And went into the store, I said, the light came on the car. Tires, low, low need air. So we go to the store and put some air in the tire. Spend the night in the hotel. Get up, go shopping before we go to the game. Come back out, get in the car. I said, Mayor, your tire's going down again. I said, you need some tires. This is Sunday now. So we go down the street. We're in Orlando. We don't really know what's close by. So we drive down the street, and there's a little tire shop open on Sunday. And when you get to go down south, it's not everybody is not going to speak your language. Uh-huh. I just leave it like that. <laughs> so we pull up in there. He said, what you, what you need? Tiger all the way flat. So we pull right there hit the thing. And so I spent the night going down, drove around going down, get to the place where we can get fixed. It goes all the way flat. God is with me, so I don't have a flat on the side of the road. Uh, I have a flat at the place they can fix it right there. Yeah. Yeah. So we drive up on the thing, bloop, 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 because it's flat now. But we read out the thing is that we were just right in the driveway, I mean, right there at the ramp, bloop, 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 bloop. I said, I need two tires, because I don't want the other one to go flat, because one went, they, they they twins, I don't want to have a problem. <laughs> well, I'm telling you that for God can do something that seems totally irrelevant, but He's with you to show you that He's with you. Yeah. I could have woke up that morning and had a flat, and my whole day would have been messed up. God would have been mad at Mary for not telling me to get some tires or check my tires, because I don't drive her car. I keep new tires on mine. Good ones too. I do check it, but if I don't check it, something could happen. So right now, I'm in the shop getting four new tires, because we're gonna be traveling. So I gotta make sure we're traveling good. We're traveling her car, not mine. I'm telling you these things because I want you to know that God is with you. And he will help you when you don't know what you're doing. He will show you things if you pay attention. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He's with you in the smallest of things to make nothing big if you pay attention. I could have had a flat between here and Orlando. I saw a lot of cars on the side of the road, hoods up, lights flashing. God is a good God. He wants to manifest himself in your life. I say this and I'll take my seat. Don't act like you don't want God to do God's things in you. I said don't act like everything is okay and you don't need God to do something in you and for you and you want him to be a, you want to be a vessel that he can use you. Now today, If you are sick, if you have an ailment, if you have an ache, a pain, a problem, I want you to stand right now and go to the altar because God is going to do something today.